was walking up the East Coast Sea, I saw a big city there in front of me. So many lights and shiver up my spine, I sure had a pretty skyline. Hey friend, what's that town called? New York City. Well, good day everybody. This is Gary Fielder from Denver, Colorado. And we were just doing the math before we started our tape here, and um, it's been four months since our last podcast. And I must say that personally, I've been busy during that time, and a lot of that I'll explain during this podcast. But the big thing is that four days after our last podcast on May 27th, the Tenth Circuit came back into our class action case against Dominion Voting Systems, Facebook, CTCL, and others, and affirmed the trial court's dismissal of our case. Now, not the sanctions element. That's, that's, that's still on appeal in another case number. But the, the original dismissal of the case, and of course, I was devastated by that. I was hopeful that the district court, excuse me, the Tenth Circuit would go into a, an analysis of 1983 and the difference between a, a, an injunction and a, a request for damages. But no, in fact, the Tenth Circuit sort of doubled down on what the district court said, which was that our claims are a generalized grievance. Now, you know, you could talk to lawyers and judges about these legal concepts for days, weeks. You could make a semester-long course out of it. Uh, however, as complex as these issues get, this is relatively simple. When a citizen comes to court and basically tries to get an injunction against government, unless they're being injured, that's known as a generalized grievance. And that makes total sense. If you just didn't like the way your government was spending money or functioning, or often you hear citizens say, the government's not following the law. The school, the school board's not following the law. You could, you could file a case. Now, maybe if you had a student that filed a case on her own behalf with her parents, maybe that person would have standing. But if you, as just a citizen, wanted to come in and file a case and, and just kind of gripe about something, well, that would be a generalized grievance. From the beginning, the whole basis of our case has been that we're not going against government. We've sued Dominion Voting Systems, Inc. That's a person in the law. We've sued Facebook, Inc., now known as Meta Systems, Inc. Well, that's just one person in the law. Center for Tech and Civic Life, who we call CTCL. That's a nonprofit organization in Illinois. That's just one person in the law. So, when those persons become state actors, and how many times have I said this? About a million times. When those private persons become state actors, they're still not government. They're performing a public function and they're acting as a state, thus the term state action, but they're still not government. You're not voting for them. <laughs> you're, you're, they're, they're not taking an oath to the government. They're not taking an oath to the Constitution. And that, in fact, that's what they've been getting away with. As a private contractor, they've been getting away with administering elections across the country 
without taking an oath. CTCL sprinkled money all over the country given to it by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife to administer elections in parts of the country all over the, the place. And they're not government. They weren't under oath. They didn't take an oath to the government, but they were in essence participating in the administration of an election, which is state action. So our position from the beginning is that anytime a citizen sues a person involved in state action, that can't be a generalized grievance because it's not against the government. We're not generally complaining about Facebook and its censorship. We're not generally complaining about voting machines. They don't work or they're not reliable. No, this has everything to do with an election, a 2020 presidential election that happened in time and space where real actors interacted and burdened the rights of our clients. So by the Tenth Circuit finding the case a generalized grievance that just, you know, deflated me and I thought, you know what, I, I am not going to do another podcast until we get our petition ready for the Supreme Court. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do another podcast and sit here and grovel as to why we lost this appeal saying, oh, and we're going to go to the Supreme Court. And, and, then, and then if we didn't, if we weren't able to get it together for some reason to look like a fool, we just weren't going to do it. So we filed our petition for writ of certiorari on behalf of our original eight clients against Dominion Voting Systems, Facebook, now Meta Platforms, Center for Tech and Civic Life, Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan. You can get this online. It's at the website, dominionclassaction.com, and there's been some articles that have been written. Although, as always, um, you don't hear a lot about what's happening in the case from any mainstream media unless it's, unless it's um, saying negative things about myself or co-counsel Walker. So you're not going to hear about this from any sort of mainstream. But in the end, you know what? It doesn't matter. This is really not about the court of public opinion. This is about the Supreme Court of the United States. And if you get your hands on this petition and you read it, then you'll really understand it. Issues presented. Whether citizens have standing to sue private persons engaged in state action for relief under 1983 for deprivation of their right to vote for president of the United States, freedom of speech, equal protection, and due process. That doesn't sound like a frivolous claim to me. Whether citizens claims for relief under section 1983 for themselves and others similarly situated against private persons engaged in state action may properly be classified as a generalized grievance and whether deprivation of a right constitutes an injury in fact to confer Article Three standing. So those are really all the issues. If someone violates your rights, well, that's a damage and that's an injury. And if someone is engaged in state action, remember how we used to talk about who you are? Well, you're free and autonomous being. Well, who are you? In the context of this situation, you're a voter, which means by the nature of it, you're a citizen of the United States. Now, you may not be a voter, 
you're still a sovereign person, you're still a free and autonomous being, but you don't really concern yourself with this issue because you've chosen not to vote, which is your right, and maybe we all ought to do that. But for those that do choose to vote and register to vote, well, that's who they are when they're contemplating coming to court in this capacity. Where are they? Think about that. They're in a voter's booth. And when you're filling out your mail-in ballot at your kitchen table, that's a voter's booth. That's probably the most private area known in our nation. The exercise of the right in a ballot box is one of the most important things that we can do as citizens. We're selecting our deputies, selecting our sheriffs, selecting our representatives, and we only have one election nationwide. We do it every four years, and that's for the president and vice president of the United States. Every other election, including your United States representative and your United States senator, is done on a statewide basis. So in that regard, the only national right we have in terms of voting is to vote for the president. So if some private entity is interfering with that right, now, if that's happening and they're just on the private side, well, that's tough luck. That's called politics. That's called democracy. That's what it's all about. But if those private companies interweave themselves with government and affect how a, an election is administered, well, then that's state action, whether they do it perfectly or not. So how can you say that CTCL, with its condition of drop boxes to get the money, which a lot of municipalities took, in which all the swing states, CTCL was present, was present. How can you say that's not state action? Now, CTCL is tied to Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg is funding CTCL. How can you say he's not involved in state action? His alter ego is Facebook, just another person, but a very powerful person. How can you say, now that we know that they were interacting with politicians, the Democratic Party and the FBI, how can you say that, F that Facebook was not in, in conspiracy with others who were clearly involved in state action? So under 1983, we think it applies. And we certainly think we have standing at least to make our case. Maybe we lose our case. Maybe the jury, maybe the jury doesn't give us a verdict. Maybe the case gets dismissed at summary judgment. But at the pleading stage, we think we've proven our case. And so, of course, the Supreme Court doesn't have to accept the case. But if they do, then that will be a major victory. And as far as we're concerned, it's probably the most important case. Of course, we're biased, but we think that it's one of the most important cases in the country because if they don't take the case, then how are the people ever going to stop these big entities? And for those who don't want to speak up, not for fear, but because your candidate won, and so now you don't believe anyone that talks about election integrity. You call them a domestic terrorist or 
an election denier. You just wait until that technology is turned on your beliefs. What do you think's coming next? You wait until that same technology is used to vote in someone you never thought would be president or governor, and maybe it's a person you don't like or who's not part of your party. So that's what I'm saying to everybody. This is not about Donald Trump. This isn't about Republicans. This isn't about political parties. This is about a political issue, a secular political issue. Human beings, free and autonomous, voting for their representatives. However, we're not talking about um, something that is of a light nature. It's basically everything we are and everything we believe in. It's the most important topic you could talk about. And as I said on my very first video about 21 months ago, we're just inching closer and closer to a major conflict in our society. And it's sad, but that's where we're going. And the reason we filed the case then and the reason that we're pursuing the case now is to avoid that probability at this point. And that's why we think the case is so important. So we would urge you to continue to support us. We never beg, but you can always go to dominionclassaction.com. Um, there's a 50, what's it called? A 5013C, what's it called? 501C4. Yeah, 501C4, that's right. Um, save our suffrage. And uh, that's controlled by a board. So if you make a donation, it goes to save our suffrage. And then the board determines how they want to pay out their grants or cost or however they decide that. But certainly we've been spending hundreds and hundreds of hours on, on just this petition alone, much less all the other appeals and, and work back in the district court. So we would appreciate your support in that regard and just the cost. I mean, it was $3,000 just to have these booklets printed up and I'm not sure how many, 42 of them for the court, 42 of these beautiful little booklets. You know, the, so so we're, pay, we're still paying the cost and, um, and doing our best to uh, keep the burden off our clients in that regard. So all of your help would really be appreciated. So I wanted to make this podcast to, first of all, apologize for not being in closer contact because we really don't have an agreement with anybody. We don't, we're not on a subscription or anything like that. You know, we don't have this obligation of making a podcast every four days or making four telegrams a day or tweeting out six tweets a day. We, we're, we're sort of free in that regard because we're totally independent. So yeah, these podcasts are hit and miss, but I have been meaning to make one. I just wasn't gonna do it until this petition is filed. So I'm gonna end it now only to let you know that we'll be back. There's so much to talk about and there's so many issues to discuss, but I wanted to just get that off my chest that, that we are in the Supreme Court. We're very hopeful that they take the case. If they take the case, win or lose, we won because we got it um, to the attention of the nation. 
we really are talking about state action. We really are talking about private persons, people, and corporations interacting with our elections in a way that's not there. It's not just, and it's not due process, and it is state action. And we have laws against that, the Civil Rights Act of 1871. And if you think about the way those laws were written, what were those laws written for back in 1870? Why were they written? The Civil Rights Act of 1871. I can tell you precisely why those laws were written. Because back in the day, there were private entities. And those private entities could, under color of authority, violate the rights of citizens. And if you didn't have a statute to enforce your constitutional rights, then those private entities would continue to violate your rights and you couldn't do anything about it. You could try to do something with your government, but how are you going to stop these private entities engaged in state action under color of official authority? How are you going to stop them? Well, you needed a Civil Rights Act to do it. That's why the district court is so wrong and the Tenth Circuit is so wrong. Without this ability, there is no Civil Rights Act. Oh, maybe you can sue a detective and, oh, okay, well, you know, they, they prohibited my speech at a college event. I can sue the dean or something. No, this is what it was really meant to do, to stop not just government actors from unlawful search and seizure or violating your First Amendment rights, but to stop private companies bigger than the regular natural person, bigger than you and me, put it that way. The only way to be able to stop them is through government, but when they don't do their duty, through the Civil Rights Act. So that's why it's so important for the court to take the case and to reaffirm that yes, people can come to court and sue these big entities without being mocked and sanctioned. So we need your support and we're going to be doing more regular podcasts now that I'm in a better mood and uh, back on track. So as I always say, thank you for hanging in there with us, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. A message from Save Our Suffrage. As you might remember, we are a 501c4 nonprofit organization, also doing business as Dominion Class Action, which was founded by plaintiffs and supporters like you. I speak for the team when I say that we are proud to bring you the Fielder Principle Podcast and to share with you a message of peace, hope, and unity for the nation. It is all of our duties to respond to these attacks on our nation by peacefully advocating through the courts and legislatures for your constitutional right to vote, to organize grassroots activism, to peacefully defend every voter's civil rights, and to further educate and empower yourselves and every citizen of this great nation with the tools of justice and peace that each of us require to save our suffrage. We are extremely grateful for the continued support from you and so many other people who believe in working towards a fair and honest society where every vote is respected and treated equally under the law. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We will keep you posted as we continue this important work to save our suffrage and the work of Dominion Class Action. To all my fellow American heroes, the age of freedom has just begun. 
be at peace. And it's there I'll stay and shall persist till the world sees this injustice. Power to the people I will lament. The bank should not run the government. Yeah, I better be prepared to stay there for a while. 